We're going to be in John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her, own, took her to his own home. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, we love you, and we are so glad you love us. Speak to us today. Speak to us through Michelle. We ask and pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for that prayer. And thank you for this. Uh, maybe. I think so. I'll figure it out. I think it says on. So for those who don't know me, my name is Michelle, and I am the discipleship coordinator here. Uh, and today, in honor of Mother's Day, we are going to enter into the story of the mother of the Son of God. So I have a question for you this morning. What was it like to be the mother of the Son of God? What was it like? Did Jesus cry all night? Was she up multiple times every night as an infant trying to soothe him? As a toddler, did he try to get into anything and everything possible? Did she have to keep taking him away to protect him? As a child, did he push back? I know we say that he's perfect, but he's also human. He had to learn how to respect his elders, how to respect his mother and father. Did he push back? Did she have to wrestle with teaching him in love and also setting boundaries for him? As a preteen, did he decide to do what God was telling him to do? Or did he just listen to his mother the whole time? How did she navigate that? What was it like to be the mother to the Son of God who had to wrestle with keeping him safe and nourished and raising him up to know who the Lord is, but also one who saw God's grace and favor, but also had to bear the weight and responsibility of raising Jesus to actually live out his calling? What was it like to be the mother to the Son of God? This is the story that we are entering into this morning. And when we do so, we will be wrestling through what it looks like when we face the cross that Jesus gives us this path forward. To set the scene for the passage that we talked about, Jesus has already been flogged. He should have already died. He has the crown of thorns on his head that was beaten on him. He's on the cross and here we have his mother before him. She is broken. When you see your son go through something like this, it leaves you broken. And so, what we're facing, what she's facing at the cross, is a wrestling with a mother's love, where yes, there is brokenness, but there's this tiny shred of hope that she is holding on to that God will still step in. She's already met with God multiple times on this journey, and so she has this thread of hope that she is holding on to. But she's also wrestling with the word that has been spoken from the very beginning that Jesus was the Son of the Most High. 
that Jesus was going to have the throne of David given to him, that Jesus was the Son of God. And the shepherds testified that Jesus is the Messiah. And those in the temple testified that he would be the salvation for Israel and the redemption for Jerusalem. Jesus himself, when he was in the temple as a preteen, testified that that was his father's house. These are the things that she encountered firsthand that she was wrestling, and now she's facing the cross where none of that seems to be true. This is the story that we are entering into this morning. And we can talk about it and say, Jesus, I know that you're still good because we know why he stayed on that cross. We know why he took on the sin and death and he stayed there for us and we know that it's good. And we know that God is kind in that. But when we face it as a mother, God, why are you doing this? Can there be any other way? Does it have to be this way? We ask those questions and we wrestle with the truth versus the reality in front of us. When it seems like the cross is upside down, like it says in Isaiah, that it looks like he is being punished. God, why are you punishing him? We're allowed to wrestle with this at the cross. And that's what Mary is doing. And so instead of just talking about it up here, because we can understand it, in order to actually let it resonate in our souls and change us, we're going to enter into an experience with him this morning. I know this is going to be a little awkward and a little bit uncomfortable, but Jesus is going to meet us there. And so what I'd like for you to do with me is to close your eyes, because in order to understand this story, we need to actually experience it. And so, Holy Spirit, would you guide us in this time? Would you show us where Jesus is on the cross, even now? That the, the crown of thorns are on his head, the wounds on his body. Would you show us the cross with Jesus on it? And there standing near it, would you show us Mary? Who is broken? Who is crying out for her son? Who is pleading? Who is wrestling? Would you show us the mother's heart? Your heart in Mary for your son. And now would you show us ourselves? Standing next to Mary. And when we look down in our hands, would you reveal to us what we are carrying and holding on to here as we face the cross? For some of you, that might be one heavy thing that you're carrying. God, would you help us feel the weight of that? For some of you, it's some smaller things. Some of you, all you do when you see the cross is feel overjoyed, and that's okay. We need to hear that. And for some of you, as you're trying to find the cross, all you can see is darkness. Darkness fell over the earth. When Jesus was on the cross, he too saw darkness. And in that darkness, he, got, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In my anguish, in my cries, why are you not answering me? 
So if you are seeing the darkness this morning, know that you are not alone in it. If you are seeing the darkness this morning, can I encourage you to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling? If you're holding something in your hands, what are you feeling? And before we come out of this, I want you to take your eyes off of what you're carrying and bring them back to Jesus. Because in his own suffering, as he's on the cross, he enters into our suffering. And so you are not alone as you stand there. Mary was not alone as she stood there. Go ahead and open your eyes. If you take anything away, excuse me, from this morning, it's that Jesus never leaves us alone. God never leaves us or, or forsakes us. He says this from the very beginning, even with Moses in Deuteronomy, when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, even though you're going into my promised land, but it seems scary, and it seems overwhelming, and it seems like there is no way, I will never leave you or forsake you. And Isaiah, it says, when you go through the waters, not if, when you go to the edge of the shore, and it seems like chaos, and you don't know if you'll be able to make it through, I will be with you. In the words of David, when he goes, when I go walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. As we enter into death's sting, he is with us. And so if you take anything away from this morning, know that you are not alone in your pain. And so when Jesus enters in on the cross, looking down, he speaks a word, a phrase, to both John and Mary. And this word brings both presence and purpose. There is presence and purpose when he speaks into our pain and suffering. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He enters in. And what he does in this moment is he gives Mary someone to walk with because the darkness is coming. When it feels like God has abandoned you, it was coming. Jesus himself spoke it. But also presence in the form of comfort. He brought two people together who knew the love of Jesus, who knew him, who knew his identity, who he was, but also who loved him. And so if there was anyone to walk alongside Mary, it was going to be John. When we lose someone who is close to us, we carry around their essence with us. We carry their memories, what they've told us, their presence. And so what Jesus does in this moment is he brings two people together who carry his presence, even before the Holy Spirit comes, even before it's sent. They carry him with them. And so when the darkness, as they're leaving and the darkness has come, and they don't know if the resurrection will actually happen, 
they carry his presence. To wrestle with the truth uh, that he had himself has told them, that has been prophesied, that has been testified. They're able to wrestle with the cross and also proclaim the truth of who he was. And that is the gift that he has given us. When he brings alongside family, he's allowed, he allows us to wrestle at the cross while also proclaiming the truth of who he is. And this is part of his purpose in the middle of the darkness. But also, in his kindness, he gives Mary a son who she knew how to care for. She spent decades, decades, carrying the identity of who Jesus was, protecting him, speaking for him, creating a shield for him as he did God's work. And now he gifts someone who was commissioned by him to continue to do the work of the Lord so that there's purpose in that relationship. He gifts her, not, not to replace him, but someone who she knew actually had to care for. And that was a kindness. But John, he entrusted to take care of his mother. Jesus had other brothers. This wasn't a provisional thing. He entrusts someone to take care of his mother that even after he comes back, he still leaves. And so as a mother's heart, he gives her someone that will take care of her and walk with her every step of that process throughout the years to come as she is grieving and missing her son. But also, he puts her in a position to see him as the risen one, to be in community even after he has come back and ascended. Whereas before, she would have gone back to Nazareth, most likely, and have been where she had to have been carrying the truth and proclaiming who he was, even when they didn't believe. But now he's given her a community of believers, a place where she knows that she can take care of those around her, but also still proclaim the truth without, without having to be isolated. This is the way through to resurrection life. That when it seems like the world is upside down, Jesus gives us a path forward through his presence and his family. So what is Jesus asking you to say yes to today? It says immediately in our passage that, that Mary and John, or John takes Mary into his home. There was no hesitation. They simply said yes to where Jesus had them. And I know, some of you I can see, some of you are a little bit nervous. <laughs> what are you asking me to do today? So I'm going to give you an example of what it looked like for me to say yes with this group from our Wellspring group, which is a part of our discipleship group. But in the fall, um, we went on a retreat, and I was asked how I felt going into it. And I said, terrifyingly excited. <laughs> I am absolutely terrified because as one who has had some deep mother wounds, I was, takes a lot for me to actually be real and honest with the deep, deep stuff. But I was also excited because I knew that God was going to show up in it. I knew that he was going to answer and bring breakthrough. And so by the time that we got there, I mean, it's a three-hour drive, took three hours. 
I had one very clear revelation that I was not only with a group of women, I was with a group of mothers. Not just one mother, four mothers. <laughs> and someone who has mother wounds, it's a bit terrifying, but also they're not just the mothers who were kind, were kind but kind of kept to themselves. These were the super moms who packed extra snacks, which thank you, that was great. <laughs> Extra blankets in case we got cold. Chairs in case the chairs that were there would be taken and in case we wanted to sit. Uh, but also the mothers who ask every five minutes if we needed to use the bathroom or needed a snack. The caring part of it. But also the mothers who knew exactly where we needed to be and what we needed to do. They were the super moms. And here I was in the middle of it. And I was no longer excited. I was absolutely terrified by the time we walked through those doors. <laughs> but I had the choice to make. I could have hid. I mean, I couldn't go home at that point. So I could have hid in our room. Or I could have just said yes to every baby step Jesus was asking me to do. And because I said yes, these are the women who have stood with me in the darkness when we lost not one but two of our children who never made it to our arms. They were the light that shined in and spoke truth when I didn't know that, I didn't know if God was there. These are the women that faced the cross with me when my own family back home were being torn apart and life doesn't look the same. These were the women that grieved with me when family members that I loved no longer walked this earth. And these were the women who cried out with me when last fall my children kept getting sick for no reason, over and over. Every step of the way, every turn, Jesus asked, are you willing? Are you willing to say yes and share the wrestling and share the grief and share the pain? And because I said yes, can I tell you that I have never experienced a mother's love so fiercely fighting for me than I have with them. Amen. I have never experienced. <laughs> yes. I have never experienced a mother fighting for my good more than I ever could. I have never experienced a mother just wanting to be around and, hey, let's just clean. Let's pick up some of your kids' toys. <laughs> I have never experienced a mother, a mother's love, who just showed up with food and groceries <laughs> because they wanted to. Jesus met me every step of the way. And every step was, are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to step in? Are you willing to be vulnerable? And all I had to do was say yes where he was leading me. Amen. So church, where is Jesus asking you to say yes today? For some of you, that might be saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And if that's you, when our worship team comes up in a little bit, would you mind turning to your neighbor and asking them to pray with you?
For some of you, saying yes looks like sharing whatever you were holding in your hand before the cross. Are you willing to share that with, that with someone today? Are you willing to share the heaviness and the pain and allow someone to walk beside you who carries God's presence? And for some of you, God has put someone on your heart this morning. God has given you a name. He's given you a heart for someone. Are you willing to go and talk to them, to give them a hug? Jesus steps in to our pain and suffering. When we face the cross, he gives us a path forward through his presence in his family. This is the way to resurrection life because the resurrection is coming. Even when we don't feel it. Even when we don't see it. Even when it seems like the world is upside down and we can't find which way is up. Resurrection life is coming. And today, he's asking you to walk with someone. He's asking you to share with someone. Mary and John both had grief at the cross. We have the capacity to hold the grief and also walk alongside someone. Your grief doesn't disqualify you from walking alongside someone and sharing the truth and sharing your heart. So would you pray with me this morning as I, the worship team comes up? God, I thank you that you are the one who never leaves us or forsakes us. I thank you that you are the one who knew the darkness that was about to come and who provided family to walk with, who carried your presence. And I thank you that you do the same for us, that not only do you enter into our pain and our suffering, even in yours, but you give us family to walk with as we wrestle, as we grieve, as we try to find any hope that there is left. So Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to our hearts this morning? Would you show us who to walk alongside? Would you show us who to share our burdens with? Would you guide our path? In Jesus' name we pray.